0: It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. All right, Race fans. How the hell are you? It's Race Chat Live with Chris and Craig. I do not have a microphone plugged in can you guys hear me yeah I, I can got hear you. you okay yes all right all right we got everything situated here hopefully we've got everybody online I'm still trying to get set up here. We got delayed at a restaurant. If you haven't gone out to eat over the last month or so, then you probably uh, have not realized that all these restaurants are only halfway open and short of staff, and um, it takes about an hour and a half these days if you go out just to get a just to get a place to bite to eat. Uh, by the,
1: Getting held up at the restaurant
0: lately? All right. I can't hear anybody. But now I can because I have my ear plugs in. I'm Chris. Hopefully Taz and Craig are here. Craig, can you hear me? I'm here. All right. I'm good here. deal. And Taz, there he is. Am I loud and clear? Oh, good now? Is everything Gucci? How about that? Everything Gucci now? Whew, man, y'all put a panic in me. Well, you know, when you go to podcast, uh people won't realize that this show is about 15 minutes late, but uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, ran through so many red lights. Uh, I just put my flashes on, you know, dives through traffic, might as well. Thought I was going to get pulled over about two or three times, but hey, here we are. We made it. We're going to make a show out of it. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, was kind of a, I'm not impressed this weekend, this past weekend. I'm not impressed. I may be the Debbie Downer uh, for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to be a Karen? No, I don't want to be a Karen, but I mean, you know, <laughs> it was supposed to be a gro- uh, uh, an unforgettable weekend in motorsport. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, from SRX to NASCAR, I guess I took. The, I have a couple of things I can live forever with. Uh, one of them being just the pure dominance of Kyle Larson. Have we unlocked a beast here? I mean, is this kid? Or ben is Hendrick cheating? Is he? Is he Jeff yes. Gordon? Is he Jimmy Johnson? Is he Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets pissed when you say this? Is he Dale Earnhardt? Is he Kyle Busch? Who the hell is this Kyle Larson to? He's a bank robber. I know that for sure.
1: He's, well, uh, he's a talent, that's for sure. But uh, I may be a fan of him and Bowman, and I don't really have one over the other. If we're going to keep on seeing Larson just straight-up dominate the rest of the season, it might be a snooze fest.
0: <laughs> right? It could be. It really could be. It, it, it doesn't... Uh... <laughs> it looks I mean, like it could like be the, a long summer, man.
1: But I like the unpredictability of, like, we are getting different winners, but not... I mean, I don't mind repeat winners, but if it gets to be week in, week out, uh, huh?
0: This were you be a saying that when you were a Jimmy Johnson fan? For real.
1: I, hey. I got bored No, with No, Johnson no, no. Answer the so. question. It's
0: a yeah, legit question.
1: But hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to get here. I am a Jimmy Johnson fan, which is why I am a Bowman-Larson fan, because Bowman's got his number while Larson's got his crew. But when Johnson got to be, like, the dominant guy, and was just week in, week out with him. It was just kind of like, eh, okay, great. I mean – awesome he won championships, but um, I kind of like a little bit of variety. I don't like one driver just dominating the show. <laughs> if you get where I'm going with it.
0: No, I, I get where you're going with it. I just you know, for so long we we were waiting for him to pop off a win and then he pops off three of them. He pops off three back to back. Uh, Two points paying and one he gets a million dollars. And Hendrick Motorsports dominated the all-star race, uh, winning five of the six stages, I believe it was. Um, plus, they got the crew chief or the pit crew award of $100,000. So how are they splitting up that $100,000? Is it only that crew or are they going to split it up between the entire Hendrick organization? Because honestly, it was the entire Hendrick organization that enabled them to dominate. Like they they were the bitch. The field was their bitch, and run like uh, a banshee. Uh, I, I promise you, Brett Keselowski felt that way. And uh, you know, uh, as he said, I felt pretty good running second to, to a Hendrick car. You know, he was the he was the, he was uh, the fastest car other than a Hendrick. Um, you know, I think that that could put a damper through the season. For sure, because we always want variety. But we know that Kyle Larson can't just win every race, right? I mean, we, we know this. Uh, he's on a streak, and Hendrick's on a streak. I'm not saying the Hendrick Motorsports – how – I guess the question should be this, because I think, Craig, you're right there with me. How, how long is NASCAR going to let Hendrick stretch out in front of the field? Because at some point in time, they have to say, okay – we need to even this field back up a little bit, and how do they do that? Well, I, they got to come up. They've, they've got to come up with an idea.
2: I mean, it's it's getting to the point to where it's
0: where it's getting to be a little monotonous. And as Kat says, nobody wants to see the same every day or every week, but it happens. So NASCAR has got to do something to quell that. And whether they take these cars in and they break them down with a fine tooth comb or they really uh, scrutinize them each and every week going forward, NASCAR will do something. Ford will make a bitch. Ford will bitch like a little baby. So we'll, tell well, they already that. are. They already are. Oh, no, I know they are. Right. and then NASCAR will have to then NASCAR will have to do something and I think he will quote unquote NASCAR will quote unquote find something that Hendrick is doing that nobody else is doing Ted, Todd, oh, if no, this no. does not end if, if this doesn't end uh, do you think Chase and and uh, Kyle Larson will become a rivalry Oh, absolutely. And I think we I think we touched on it last week. You've gotta have rivalries. There there's a rivalry there, sure. Chase won it last year, here's Larson, he's the new kid on the block. And he's it's almost like he is the favorite son of Hendrick. Of Mr. H. Right. Now, is it a conspiracy theory? No. Well, you yeah, maybe. But on the flip side of it, you know, maybe Chase's, maybe Kyle's team knows how to get the most out of Kyle's cars. And yeah, I think and Kyle's just a team. better, dominant driver. I mean, that's just what I, it is. I believe so, sad, and sad I believe that he has a lot to prove. And he's perfect I, I, now. He is. Oh, I know. He is right. the face of NASCAR. Isn't that what we said a few weeks ago? Like, if he learns how to close out these races, it's going to be over with. <laughs> yeah, I think they Kyle Larson call, was a pretty quick learner. I think didn't they used to call your boy Kevin Harvick the closer? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This kid yeah. is. Yeah, yeah kid now the, is the only thing is, is he's Now the only thing he's closing is the door on his career. Harvick won four races in a row. I don't think uh, that, that's been how long ago it's been since the driver put off that kind of uh, dominance. So you know. Uh, I think Martin Martin come close to it. Maybe had four wins. Uh, there's something. Martin Martin did something back in the Rouse days that was similar to that. But uh, Taz, what's your take on it, man? I'm, I'm interested to hear what you feel about all this.
1: I mean, Miss Lee kind of said it earlier.
0: Uh, they didn't really do
1: anything when Gibbs or SHR were the dominant team in the past. So. I don't think anything's going to go anywhere in terms of Hendrick dominating and everyone's going to say, Oh, look at this. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be the same effect. It's just going to be a rotating of wh- which team's dominating. And that's how it's going to be now. Y'all start I was con- at first I was lost as hell. I mean, I know we went over the format like a while ago and everything else, but like I'm sitting here and I'm like, what the hell kind of crap is this? And they're like talking like points and different inverts and I'm like, I am lost. Like what did I miss? So i had to like literally in the middle of the race look up the format and under and try to understand it all. And I and now it's just like, what happened to like I don't mind if we run like six stages and like different stage or each stage is like a different length but in my opinion if you want to award a a a pit crew which i'm fine with for the all-star race you should do pit stops normally and whoever like say like whoever has the fastest time or maybe average out the times is should be the winner like it shouldn't be based off one pit stop i mean it's the all-star race come on Throw more on there. I think NASCAR put out a lot of wild cards and mix some things, it threw a lot of fans off. Um, but I, I believe that they need to kind of hit the drawing board again and say we need to try to fix it so we don't lose fans in terms of what the race format is like. The first stage, screw the invert. Just have them go down on pit road, do whatever adjustments they need to do, send them back out, however they've come off pit road, that's the lineup for the next stage and you keep on doing the same thing.
0: That's how I feel. Yeah, I did not like the format at all. I agree. It was confusing, it did not uh, it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't engaging in itself. Um it was just more like a Russian roulette They was like trying to do what you would it's trying to create what would what would happen in a draft at a super speedway based off of 15 lap shootouts <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i thought at some point in time nascar would uh pull all the cars to pit road and turn them around backwards and make them run 15 laps the other way um, I really, uh, I'm probably less critical of Texas. Texas, when the track was hot, the cars could not stay on the racetrack. It it really, uh, wow. That's what happens when a track is 145 degrees, which I tell you what, guys, back in the old day, races started at 12 o'clock. So it was the heat of the day. And we did go to places. I remember when growing up, Caledega raced in July. July, the hottest damn time of the year. So, you know, um, maybe that's why we don't see so many wrecks and mechanical issues and stuff, because literally NASCAR races start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, definitely. I don't mind running races whenever, as long as, you know, you Wherever you are, you have to realize what the weather situation is like and get everyone prepared for it. And by everyone, I do not mean, like, drivers, crew, like, just those guys. I mean the fans. And I saw some of those things on Twitter. Like, the fans were like, going bonkers. Like, they were, like, sitting in, like, shaded areas or in – it was going to be hot And like the lines were insanely long I guess for some of the concession scenes Because everyone was trying to get uh, Drinks or whatever And I feel like If you go to tracks on hot days like that You should have like A few water spouts lying around To kind of have people you know Grab like water here and there
0: <laughs> To keep them hydrated well, I mean,
1: th- That's we my to- opinion like-
0: Taz when we went to Talladega My father got up to go get him a bite to eat. Well, about an hour later, I said, have y'all seen my dad? Oh, no, since he left to go get that, it took him an hour and a half to get something to eat at Talladega. And it wasn't even that hot yet. So the tracks are not, uh they're not at full capacity. Then they definitely don't have the crew that they need there. It took my father an hour, he spent an hour and a half away from his seat watching the race. To get to get a cheeseburger and, and, a, and a soda, so I understand what you're saying there.
1: Like food is one thing, but like you you just got to keep people hydrated. Like you can't have somebody pass out dehydration. You yeah. can't risk that. Yeah.
0: Well, Kyle Busch dominated the Xfinity series. anybody anybody uh, surprised by that? Uh, Ninety nine wins and no. the and the uh, and now all we need is one. Is that, is that true? Is is Kyle Busch going to retire from the Xfinity Series after 100 wins? I doubt it.
3: <laughs> and should that be
0: top headline, Kyle Busch 99 wins in the Xfinity Series? Isn't that amazing? Like what he's been able to do in his career can never be repeated.
1: Uh, I just want Kyle Busch to stop driving. I mean, Xfinity and truck. I mean, it's not much of a challenge for them. But I like the fact that you limit the drivers to a certain amount of races uh, from going from cup to Xfinity or cup to truck, you know, whatever. And to give some of these guys, you know, a challenge, like, against a cup regular, be like, hey, this is what you're up against when you get up there. But at the same time, when is enough enough for a cup guys to be dominating these Xfinity guys? I mean, the last couple of years, we've finally seen x drivers finally, you know, break through and open the window and be like, hey, we're here to compete. We're not here to be walked all over.
4: Well, I honestly don't think
0: that they should uh, – I think they should have to start in the back of the field. And they should have to earn that, their way up front. I I I, I guarantee you Kyle Bush can do it every single time. You know, The races are so long. Pit strategy, you can you can work I your way you, back but, from the I could too, but make it a reality. If you're gonna go down to the lower series and race, start that bitch in the back.
3: Or lap why down.
0: You, or yeah, or lap down. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get, I like, I get it. Five races a year, I get it. That that uh, allows sponsorship to grow in the Xfinity series, um, also the Truck Series. Uh, Dale Jr. You know, he races one race a year, and that's that's to provide us, you know, that's to make a sponsor happy. It's not, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how much of it is actually, you know. Dale Jr. wants to race every year, but that that keeps Hellman's in their place, and they they sponsor all year long for Dale Jr. to come out there for one race a year. Um, I'm not against it at all. I I think that uh, they finally got to where, at least now, the fields are not dominated with cup regulars week in, week out. We get to see who is the next rising talent in the Xfinity Series. Obviously, John Hunter, it's like Sam, since John Hunter Nemechek had tough experience, that he shouldn't be able to go back down to the truck series. We see what that tough experience did for John Hunter Nemechek. He is unstoppable right now in the truck series. Um, that's, that's experience that he learned, and he's able to transfer that now. He's with a good team, a good competitive team. And you see the talent that John Hunter Nemechek has. It's not just the equipment. It takes the mentality of the driver as well.
1: Well, not only does it come down to equipment, but, I mean, you got talent there, too. So, I think a lot of... And I don't know if anyone caught this, but Mike Joy mentioned this during the All-Star race. Uh, I'll get this in before we bring in our guests. The Rick Ware drivers and Timmy Hill, uh, Mike Joy was saying how, oh, in iRacing, they're like up front and these guys are, like, knocking on the door to, like, get into bigger rides, and hopefully we can see it up front if they get into, you know, better equipment and bigger rides, and they keep on saying, you know, keep grinding stuff, but it's like, when are you going to give them the chance to? But also, the problem is sponsorship. Do they have the money behind them to provide them to get up there?
0: Right. Right. Well, we'll come back to this segment. I believe we have our guests that have called in. Uh, Looking forward to bringing... Uh, these guests on—they're returning uh, for the first time this year, but uh, we've had them on, I believe, for the three consecutive—for this to be the third consecutive year in a row. Uh, Mr. Derek and Derek Jr., how y'all doing today? Good. How are you? I'm oh, pretty glad good. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, Craig, do you want to do you want to introduce our guests and all? Yeah. Sorry, I had myself muted. Um, like you said, Chris, we've had we've had these guys on. This will be the third consecutive season. We've had them on at least once. Um, Derek McGrew is is the father of this little – I shouldn't say little because he's almost as big as his father now. I've seen him opening night at Fonda. And uh, uh, of Derek Jr., and they both run uh, – <coughs> Derek runs uh, Sportsman and, and Little Derek runs uh, uh, a sportsman as well, but moving up to modified now. Derek Junior, tell us about your first week at Fonda this year. It was a little uh, it was a little hairy.
2: I-, I won't lie, I was a little nervous.
5: Uh, which one was that? The one I, with my car that the wreck in turn three, one and two?
0: Uh the one on the front stretch with uh, I believe it was um, Mike Bellinger.
5: Oh, yeah, that one, yeah, they uh got a little a little uh out of out of control. They went green, and the guy drove in into the guy in front of him and spun him out in front of the field and I was handicapped um pretty bad, I was in the back 'cause we haven't that was the first week, and I started i uh, drew drew bad, and I started last, and he spun him out in front of the field, and I tried missing it, and it rained earlier that day, and the track was still a little wet, and I went to go under him and hit the hit the water underneath the racetrack and put in the inside wall and it actually uh, ended up cr- cracking the rear clip of the frame.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite scary. I was watching it from the front stretch and I thought to myself, Oh my God, I hope he's okay.
2: Um, uh, how is your Craig, 21? You were next to me for that?
0: What's that? Oh, you, said- you were next to me for that, Craig. Yeah. That's right. I was up in the stands. You were holding my hand. I was scared I was so high up in the air. (laughs) um, How has your 2021 season been since then?
5: Uh, It's been up and down. uh, Albany's here at Douglas Speedway. The car's been, uh, we've been working during the week. My dad, with a lot of suspension stuff and other little things, and the car's been a lot better these past couple weeks, and we've been able to run up front now with our with our own our own setup and then saturday night's i'm fortunate enough to uh, west moody me to drive his car and uh that car also had, that car actually has a smaller motor in it it's got a spec at 358 so we're a little down on power for there but for what it is we've been running really good with it and um hopefully we can get a bigger power plant in there soon and be able to run up front there too all right so uh what are your expectations going in? We're what?
0: Seven, eight races into the season at Fonda? Somewhere in around that neighborhood.
5: Uh what what do you say? You there? Sure. Craig. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah.
3: Repeat your question
0: uh, yeah. What are the expectations for the remainder of the twenty twenty one season? At Fonda? <laughs> Fonda yeah,
5: um, hopefully we can keep getting consistent finishes from hopefully, like I said, we can get a bigger power plant in there and um be able to finish up front with the the top guys and just keep improving nice, go ahead, Kaz. I know you had a couple of questions. I think
0: it was passed,
1: yeah, uh junior, how did the booty mile twenty four ride come about like give us some of the juicy details of how that came about.
5: Uh, Austin Austin West Moody and all the guys up there in Plattsburgh we um when I when I ran Airborne Speed Park for in this crate car uh, last year and the past couple of years when I ran up there we us and West became pretty good pretty close and we were we talked every week I went over to sheriff and said hi. We, we became really had a good relationship and I was gonna to get in their car one week and something ended up happening and I didn't end up getting in it. And uh, Wes gave us a call this beginning of the season and asked me if I wanted to get in the car, and we said yeah, and we went up there and got fitted and went from there. All right. Now, you raced at Accord
1: for the Short Track Super Series. You unfortunately didn't make the show by one position, but you had a certain modified driver, big namer, come up to you and ask you for a ride because his car was broke. Of course, that being uh, Matt Shepard, how did he approach you? What did you guys like? What did he like? At, what was the conversation like uh, before he took the car and after he took the car? and What kind of pointers did he uh, probably give
5: you? Um, uh, he came up. Uh, we knew that he uh, he blew his motor up in his car, and he was trying to stay in the points, and he needed needed to ride to at least finish cons- somewhere consistently as he's been running. And he came up and asked if we run the car. And we said, I went up and checked if we had a provisional or not. And uh, we didn't end up having one. And we're like, me and my dad. And my dad's like, yeah, my dad, the the it isn't. wouldn't hurt anything. Help him out. The racing community does. And um, Matt went out there and I also really actually ran really, really well. Started 27th and um, drove to 8th. Car was really, really good. Um, after the race, he got out of the car and he gave us a little bit of pointers of what, what we could change. Not much, but just push us in the right direction. Um, That was really it. Now, how did Derek
1: Sr. feel about that? Uh,
4: Well, it was fine. You know, Matt came up to us, and uh, he asked if he could run the car there. And Derek said he he wanted to make sure we didn't have a provisional. And he said no. And I just told him, I said, you know when Derek walked over to see if we had a provisional, I asked him if he if he fit in it, and he hopped in. He said he fit. And Derek came back and said he didn't have. It. We weren't getting provisional because they were giving it to one of the track guys, and uh, so told him get his stuff, let's go. And he got in, and uh, went out, ran.
1: Now, is there any plan for? some of the maybe uh, any kind of like sportsman races or big modified races you guys have your eyes locked in for there are coming up?
4: Um, we're just going uh, to, you know, we Derek Jr. can't run any the dirt sanctioned sports and stuff because he you know been running big blocks for two years. Um, this is the second year of the big block. Last year was kind of cut short. But uh, we're going to run probably always for Toga every week till end season and uh, hopefully we'll get our short track super series motor back we had it we had a problem with it the week after Matt ran it so that's off trying to get fixed and uh, if we get that back we'll definitely hit hit a bunch of more uh, short track super series stuff and um, like I said we'll keep running the West Moody stuff and uh, we're gonna Derek's gonna start doing some of the USAC DMA midget stuff we tested with last night at Glen Ridge, and we uh, like said we're just gonna we're trying to stay stay racing. Um, Derek loves to drive, and there's some people giving him some opportunities to to be able to do it. And uh, we're just gonna keep working hard. And uh, as a dad, I'm gonna do everything I can to help him help him live out his dreams of being a professional race car driver.
1: What's this USAC race I just heard you
4: speak about? Um, we had a guy, Ben Blazer Baldur <laughs> would like to drive his uh, his midget at LB Saratoga. And uh I said, Sure, you know, and we I went, we went and got it. Went through the car a little bit and uh we took it to Glen Ridge last night just to do a little bit of testing make sure everything was all right, make sure Derek was comfortable in the car. And uh we'll be at Albion Saratoka Friday night with that along with our big block and um see how it goes and uh to be able to drive it for for more races for whenever we're free. So we're gonna see how Friday goes and um if everything goes good. Uh, I think we'll see Derek Junior run it, you know, as many as many times as we can throughout the rest of the season and uh who knows? Maybe they'll make the Tulsa the a shootout with a six hundred.
2: Oh wow!
0: So, uh, Derek and Derek Jr. This is Chris. Uh, man, for one thing that I noticed, uh, Derek Jr. Your uh, your voice is not the same as what it was the last time you were on. Obviously, you're growing up now. L- last year during the covid shorted season. How did you uh i I believe we had you guys on like right there when the pandemic had started You were still you we're still waiting to see how the season was going to start and, and stuff uh how did y'all stay focused? How did you stay uh wheel ready uh last year with all the outside distractions going on, and is this year more like uh more like more it, it, did he have enough time last year to get comfortable in the big block because I know that that was a big move for him. Uh, a couple of years ago. Is it just now kind of where he's getting settled into the race car? Uh, either one of you can answer.
4: Yeah, the uh, last year we had a problem. You know, the season was quite short and uh, we had a problem. We broke our big block, so we ended up having, uh, you know, we ran a couple great races and um, we had a, our, our Short Track Super Series that we picked up and uh he actually ended the season really strong in Louisiana, running up front with the short track super series. And uh, you know, for, as far as the big block goes this season, this is really like the first full season. So, you know, we started to get comfortable with that. And you know, over the off season, we spent a lot of time down down in North Carolina and doing a lot of stuff, marketing and a lot of off season stuff to learn. Suspension and networking, and uh, Derek Jr. was able to test in a super uh, super late model for MJ Pro Billy Milken. So that was pretty cool. He was able to a brand new Longhorn with a brand new Vic Hill motor. Um, so it was pretty cool to watch him hop in a super late model and get out there and start cranking some pretty awesome laps. Um, so we just I, I try to help him stay visible. And uh you know, you know, a lot of people watch him and you know, I think uh what, what attracts him to a lot of people is the person who is is not only on the on the racetrack but uh always carries himself off the racetrack. Um and he doesn't he doesn't take up the equipment. You know, on nights when we might not run well, you know, the car nice. usually comes back in one piece not to go up and uh right. he just has a good attitude and you know, I think people can tell you know, he, he's not just out there racing. It's something that he really loves. Um, and you know, whether we're racing or we're helping somebody else, um, that's just what we do. You know, that's our, our race life for real deal. And and, you know, that's, this is, this is what we do. It's not just a race. It's a lifestyle. And that's how we live.
0: Now, let me ask y'all about that Southern swing last year. What did y'all think about that? And, uh, did uh did, did y'all get to taste some of our uh, delicious sweet tea? I mean y'all hung out with some Cajuns, that's for sure. Being down there as deep as y'all were.
5: Yeah, um, it was a uh, it was pretty interesting experience. Um, had a really good time down there. If you've never been there, it's definitely a really cool place to go visit. It's uh different. Not not much out there. Um, a lot a lot of oil fields. We were in we were in the part where they had a lot of oil. It was thing was called oil city or something like that. Um, but yeah. the racetracks, the racetracks down there, are really awesome. We went to article and Chatham Arquatex, We had a really, really good run running up front with like some of the top guys. And, um, we ended up breaking with five laps to go, but it was just a really awesome experience just to be able to go out there and just, just run against those guys and just experience all everything out there.
0: Derek Jr. I mean, just a couple of years ago, could you have imagined traveling, Two thousand
5: miles to go to a race? Uh, yeah, sorta. Of. I mean we when we were in the go karts we, we traveled a lot almost every single weekend. I know my dad if he had a race on Friday night at Malta. If our my go kart race was more than ten hours away, he wouldn't race. If it was less than ten hours away, he'd leave Friday night after the race, and we'd we'd head out to uh wherever the race was, somewhere down south, uh Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, um, almost every single weekend, so but to be able to travel like that in, in the big car, too, was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah I said something well, about d- the
5: marketing side, and I I kind
0: of left that when that uh, may. But, uh, Derek, what was that that you were about to say? What's that? Uh, you, you were about to say something, sir.
4: Oh, yeah. I was, you know, when you asked about, you know, traveling at 2,000 miles, um, you know, he, he had, in 2017, we traveled to Australia for him to run the kids' Royal on a go-kart. So, so we, uh, well, we, we put into my, you know, that was, we had a how did we, round trip. We,
0: how did we not know this already? So, uh, this has not been talked about,
4: I don't believe. Yeah. In 2017, he was the first American invited to the uh, kids world in Australia. And uh, that was his first plane ride. And we, we flew over there and I ended up racing in uh, Sydney with a legend car. And then the following week, he ran the Kids Royal in Melbourne, and he won it. He won the four, four-stroke version, and uh, then he flew home. Wow.
0: So he's raced overseas. That's amazing. So on the marketing side, it, obviously, there's no way that you can go racing overseas if you didn't have a good marketing program. Jerry Jr., how, how does it just come easy to you, and what – <laughs> what is your strategy? How do you market yourself to these companies and to the to the sponsors that you have? Absolutely. What makes you what what what's availability of course sales, but it's got to be more than that.
5: Oh, I just just be myself and just just be just be yeah, kind of just be myself and just be respectful and just I'm just I'm doing what I love and yeah, it's really really it just just be myself pretty much.
0: You guys have do you do you guys use a marketing agency or do you all just go out and represent?
5: I'll oh, we just represent ourselves. Just we do what we love and put our heart and passion into it and that's just yeah, it's me and my dad.
0: Go
4: ahead. Uh, without marketing, you know, I I I spent a lot of time, you know, online calling people and I raced my whole life so you know, you I, a lot of people know, um, and we, like I said, we we spent a lot of time down south this year over the winter in North Carolina. Um, with a lot of the guys down there, with Randy Keen, uh, SRI Earl Ramey, Andrew Garris from ProFab, uh, Willie Milliken, Scott trip, all these guys that you know they race for a living. They're involved in the you know the the high, higher higher up end of things and. You know, these guys, they just – a lot of them took a – they've taken a liking to Derrick Jr. and his personality and the fashion he has. And, uh, like I said, you know, we're to the point now we're kind of giving him a little bit more to do. You know, he stays in contact with, with all the people he's met, and, you know, he's got personal relationships with a lot of these people. And uh, a lot of the people that we're – that he talks to and we talk to and we deal with, um, they're not – they're not necessarily sponsors or, you know, product sponsors or monetary. Um, they're just people that he's become friends with. And uh, a lot of them have his best interests in mind. And, uh, you know, it's not just a product. They, they like him as a person. So it's pretty cool to watch. Dad, it's hard, it takes a lot of work, and, you know, there's no promises in anything. Um, and, you know, you always seem like it, it's got to be done tomorrow you know, yesterday, but, you know, he's only 13 years old, and uh, like I said, I know when we started, our goal was, our four-year goal was to try to win races in the rookie sportsman class, and uh, here it is, our fourth year, and it's the second year in a Big Buck Modified, and he's won a ton of races in the rookie sportsman, the one sportsman, and uh, now we're looking for our first modified win, and, you know, we're going to do some late model racing, and got an opportunity to do some midget racing. So it's just, it's a, it's a fun ride. It's a lot of up and down, a lot of uncertainty. But at the end of the day, this is what we love. And, you know, and while we're doing what we love, we try to help a lot of people. Um, I try to teach Derek Jr., you know, it's not all about just him. So if the day comes and he does make it, as a father, I want to be able to sit back and see the amount of people that support him and that, you know, that want him to stay where he is. And, uh, you know, it's just, I want to see him do it the right way. And, uh, just, that's all we do. You know, we just, we just do what we love and do what do what feels right. Now take us
0: back to the super late model test. How did that come about? And Derek jr. How long did it take you to just put the pedal to the metal son?
5: <laughs> uh, I know my dad. and We have doing all the marketing and building relationships down south all 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 year long, back and forth. We've been down there, and we uh we met Willie Milken down at the cars racing show, and Scott Tripp and him were really good really good friends because Willie is a uh, I think a weekly kind of a weekly driver there, and he's um he's a veteran down in the South Carolina area, and um Scott introduced me to Willie and me and Willie really talked for a little bit and we were able to we ended up coming along and he was gonna he was gonna run my car. He ran my car down in Lakeview for the that Crate Series race and I was able to hop into his Super Late model and the first night out we
3: uh
5: it was I had to kinda learn learn how to drive it was a little different. And uh we turned some R right laps, uh, nothing crazy. And the second night I got out I think it was like probably around my tenth lap in the car and I started it was started out the same way as I did the first night, kind of not driving it in as I should have been and Willie stopped me on the front stretch and gave me some pointers and then from there I started driving it like he told me how to and then uh we turned some really really good laps now
1: before before we get you guys we while we have you for last few minutes here um what big races are you guys looking at in terms of maybe like any endurance races later on or any travel races uh, maybe later in the season that you guys are kind of eyeballing and looking at as long as everything uh, looks
0: good in your schedule? Yeah, I mean, for real, Taz, is he coming back down here for the Southern Swing? That's what I wanted to know. Go ahead, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt mm-hmm.
4: yeah i know i know we're gonna we're gonna be down there we're definitely going to louisiana um I know we'll have our short track super series motor back for by then so we're definitely gonna go back to louisiana um other than that big races you know we're gonna we'll hit a couple super dirt series races and you know I don't know we're gonna try to hit hopefully we get our motor back sooner than later and we can hit had some of the bigger short track super series races, um, you know, we ran Florida. We were down there for we were gone for a month, really. Um, but you know, the farthest one, probably Louisiana again. Um, we were trying to get we were trying to get the late model deal set up to make it to the Sizzler for in July, but that that kind of got pushed to the back burner. But I think before the season's over, you're going to see Derek Jr. run a couple late model races. Um, not, not, nothing like the world while was just some local stuff down South, um, some, some more midget stuff and finish off the year. I'll be Sertoga and Fonda and, you know, some other races here and there. And, uh, like I said, there's going to, as long as Friday night with the midget goes, well, I think you're going to see, you're going to see them, you know, run a bunch of, you know, probably five ten 10 <laughs> midget races. And, uh, like I said, we just, we try to stay busy, try to keep, as much seat time as possible. At the end of the day, we're just a father-son team. You know, we're, we're looking for that big sponsorship or marketing opportunity. Um, we're constantly talking to people, building relationships. And like I said before, it's not always about money. You know, one of our, one of our biggest supporters was Randy Keene with uh, SRI and PFC. And uh, what Randy did for us, you know, we built a great relationship. And, uh, Randy introduced us to a lot of people and we built relationships with other people and we're able to get a little bit of stuff marketing wise. Um, but the biggest thing is building good relationships with good people and, uh, just letting the cards fall into place. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Uh, Craig, you got anything for us for them?
0: Oh, no, I just want to, you know, every time we have you guys on, um, I was listening to it and, and uh, Taz or Miss Lee or somebody alluded to it in the group chat. Every time we have you guys on, we learn something more and more about you guys and it's, and it's super cool. So I want to thank you guys for, for coming on again tonight, this year. Um, and we look forward to having you on later in the year. Uh, update update as to what's going on with the season and, you know, and things like that. So I want to thank you guys for taking time out. And uh did you say you were
4: heading down for the Southern swing again,
0: Derek? Is, was that the plan? I didn't quite hear the response.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to be down in Louisiana again. Um Hopefully we can get some crawfish this time. <laughs> we didn't get any last time.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh.
4: You come to Louisiana, and didn't get no crawfish. We didn't get any crawfish. You know, what? I, I wanted to, we we got we got tied up with Brandon Hightower, and things got crazy. So. Uh, oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> but you know, we became we you know built a pretty good friendship with Brandon. And he's a good kid. Um, right. You know, and for me as a dad, I like said watching my son, you know, he's only thirteen. You know, so. I, I think he, we know, forget that kid. sometimes.
0: I really yeah, you do. Know, he, gets I feel, out. I, he already feels like he's so much older.
4: Yeah, he gets hanging out with these guys, you know, and at the end of, at the end of the day, you know, when, it, you know, they're all in their twenties, so, you know, they're ready to go, party it up, and you know, I gotta pull the reins back and remind Derek he's only thirteen, and, you know, he's got to come back to the hotel with dad. You know, I, I know he doesn't want to, and he thinks yeah, I can he should just be able to you know, jump in the car and go out and do whatever you guys are doing. But we've got a few more years before I can let him do that.
0: Right. Well, it'll be here before you knew it, Junior, and then uh, you won't ever be home. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you guys again very much uh, for taking the time out of your night to, to join us here on Race Chat Live. Who, Is there anything you guys want to say in closing? And there's some. There's something I want to ask. Who inspires you, Derek Jr.? Was it your dad? Who's your Who's your favorite driver? What Who do you want to be like? Uh, obviously, 13 years old and you've got this this plan. Who, who do you want to Who do you want to be better than?
5: Um. Said um. Uh, like I like said, me and my dad. My dad was when I grew up watching him and all doing all the stuff on his race car and when I was a little kid. And uh, he definitely inspired me, and he, me and him been doing it since I was four years old. And uh, but some of my favorite race car drivers, and I know I love me and Stuart. Um, we've been, built a pretty good relationship, me and Stu. Um, when we were down in Louisiana, Stu, and one of my car broke. Stu also came over and helped us with some little things and gave us some pointers. And uh, I definitely how Stu his deal. He runs NASCAR and does a lot of the dirt stuff. And him and Kyle Larson kind of have a Kyle Larson. And do the do the um, the NASCAR stuff and pays his bills, and that he can go on fun and live his, like just live his dreams on the dirt track, and um, just, I, that definitely inspires me.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And that's uh, we we being from the dirt community and also uh, I love NASCAR. I have felt that Kyle Larson is this bridge that we've needed for a very long time between the dirt world and and NASCAR. And you said it best that the reason why you have this 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 crossbreed of fans is because the kid does exactly what you said he uses his money that he earns in NASCAR to go race wherever the heck he wants to
5: go and that is what a real racer would do right McGrew yeah that's right like yeah he's got he definitely got the opportunity to go run NASCAR and yeah like I said he can use that pay his bills and Go go have fun and just said go live his life at the dirt track where he where he loves.
3: That's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> thank you, uh thank you guys for being on. It's always it's always a privilege. Um good luck for the rest of the year. I hope you get some uh, pretty big wins and keep turning heads. And uh any any uh any more information on this uh, super late model deal. Is it gonna open doors for something else? Uh
4: um, yeah. yeah we're- Go ahead, buddy.
5: Uh, yeah, so we're hoping so. Should uh, just keep keep working at it and keep in contact with the people, and hopefully, just like I said, keep doing what we're doing, and uh, hopefully, something comes comes about it.
0: All right. Well, uh, you got all the oos and ahs coming from our people who are listening to the show and all great, uh, uh, Derek. Uh, they they everybody thinks that you're an awesome kid and and Derek Senior. You, you know, I'm sure people do. Give you the credit that you deserve for raising such an awesome kid and uh just good luck to you guys y- y'all are y'all are something we look forward to uh, the, throughout the whole year it's always hey did you did you hear about what the what the kid did or or did you know that he was facing to go do this and so it, it's just uh it's been very uh just a part of the race chat live life to to find out where you're going and, and what you what you've accomplished already uh Derek jr so we look forward to finding out more.
5: Definitely, and thank you guys for having us, and anytime you guys want us back on here, we're we're definitely free. i definitely love to come back on. We'll hold you to that, my friend. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank
4: you guys. Thanks.
0: All right, that was a, another stellar interview by the McGrew boys, Derek and Derek Jr. Every time these guys are on, we learn something. We learn something new and, and something new and exciting. Did you well, know the kid with the Australian race? Did you know that? I, no! know
3: that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I didn't know that.
0: No. I didn't know he. I
1: didn't know he had a late model ride. I didn't know he had. We went overseas and did that. I didn't know he was traveling all over just to do some of these races. It's like, oh, look
3: at
0: this. No, that's a, yeah, that's awesome. To, that's awesome to hear. Now, I, this is our normally our weekly segment where uh, we have uh, updates about our local tracks and all. Unfortunately, Mother Nature, this is our season right now for Mother Nature, and uh, we got rained out at Wynat Motorsports Park. I believe Outlaw Speedway got rained out. I'm not sure if any racetrack got the race. Uh, maybe Jackson. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, do you have uh, any updates?
1: I sure do. Good. Let's
0: hear it. Um,
1: well, I have... Unfortunately, uh, the Short Track Super Series up here in the north got rained out on Tuesday night. That got rescheduled to a later date. I don't remember the day off the top of my head. But I do have two highlight reels. Uh, weekly racing action from Utica Rome and Fonda for the modifieds, And then I'll quickly... Recap the Mower Tiger Group racing that had double features this past Saturday. So, we will start things off with Friday Night Racing on June 11th from the Uticarome Speedway. And 30 laps is the distance. We are green with Sean Beardsley and the 58 m of Marshall Heard leading the field to the charge. And it turns one and two. Beardsley leads the field down into turn number two. And he, and he starts to take off Like a he'll lead lap number one Followed by Marshall Hurd for second Three wide for third With Jermaine Stoll Ellen Johnson And another card to get involved And here comes Andy Bacchetti He'll get to the inside He'll go from sixth to third In one corner That's right He goes up to third And off turn number two Meanwhile, move forward To four laps complete Biketti to the outside of Marshall Hurd looking for position number two on the outside. He gets it in turn number three. He's going to sail that bad boy on the outside right around the cushion. and He'll take over spot number two just for watching from spot number five. The yellow comes out, and we go back to green on the restart with ten laps complete. Biketti and Beardsley lead them to the charge. As Jess Friesen tries to sneak in from the third position, can't quite make it done. As Shepard to the outside, he'll take over a third from Jess Friesen. Tries to get second from Biketti. Biketti holds him off, shuts the door on the back stretch. Going into turn number three, Biketti gets his nose underneath. Beardley for the race lead. Move four to 15 laps complete. Biketti and Shepard still battling it out. Shepard to the inside, but Vecchetti has the momentum on the outside. Still riding that cushion through three and four. Vecchetti is the leader at this point. Shepard in second, 16 laps complete, 14 to go in this feature. Shepard to the inside and in turns one and two. Can't get the job done underneath Vecchetti. We move forward to 20 laps complete, 10 to go. Make it nine laps complete. There nine laps to go. Shepard to the inside of the four. Biketti can't get it to stick in turns one and two. He's trying anything he can to get around the wild child of any Biketti. He gets a run in turn number three. Biketti now goes down to the bottom as they're, we're approaching lap traffic. Here with eight laps to go now. Shepard now on the bumper of Biketti going into turn number one. Trying to get the lead here, but Biketti gets a huge run off the corner, and he'll hold on for the lead. Move forward with five laps to go. Now make it four they come across the line. Shepard gets the lead, but Bacchetti's still on the outside. He holds them off and turns one and two. Shepard trying to find something to work on the bottom. Three laps to go. Now parallel six in the air. Two to go. We're still in lap traffic. It's still Bacchetti and Shepard with the class of the field. Rocky Warner watching from the third spot. Shepard gets a run with Bacchetti. Shuts the door on him on the outside. Down the back straightaway. Bacchetti. Trying to hold off the hard-charging Shepard, who's finished second. All three nights of racing at Utica Chrome. Low contact in turn number four. Shepard takes the lead from Biketti. White flag in the air this time. Shepard on the bottom. Biketti to the bottom, working around more left traffic. Biketti washes up the track in turn number two. He'll still hold on to second as we go into three and four. Final time. Superman, Matt Shepard, win number one of 2021. Vinces its victory lane once again at Utica Rome Speedway. He'll pick up the win over Andy Bacchetti and Rocky Warner, the podium finishers at Utica Rome. We'll move over to Fonda Speedway. 30 laps to distance, and we are green with Jamike Stoll and George Foley leading them to the charge in the turns one and two. But he needs there for three. He's going to go to the inside early on, but he'll hold on to position number three. R.J., Ronnie Johnson will settle for fourth. As everyone charges into turn three and four. George Foley washes up racetrack in turn number three. That opened the easy pass for the 35. Mike Mahaney, he'll take over spot number two. R.J. knocking on the door from position number four. Mike Stoll leads lap number one. Mahaney going to stick to the bottom. R.J. gets his nose underneath Foley for the third spot. Can't quite make it stick. Move forward to four laps complete here. Of the 30-lap feature. Rocky Warren to the inside of Dave Constantino. And Constantino wheelie up in there. He's going to be slow. That holds up Bobby Varon. Bobby Varon's going to lose the spot to David Schilling now. Here comes Josh Hornforce behind them. As we move four to five laps complete. Jamek Sol, slow on the backstretch. stretch. It gives Mike Mahaney the race lead, but that's going to bring out the yellow. Here we go on the restart. RJ gets a huge shot in contact with Craig Hansen and McCullough. A little further back in the field. That's going to pull McCall to the infield on the backstretch. Hanson still keeps on trucking. Move forward with 17 laps complete. Working with lap traffic, it is Mike Mahaney still leading. Craig Hanson, Ronnie Johnson, George Foley throw a plank amongst those three with lap traffic. Hanson gets a huge run on the upside. They're going to go three wide with a lap car. As Craig Hanson now takes over the third spot. RJ back to fourth. And Hanson on a mission here in the 20-C machine with 10 laps to go. He's going to look to take the second spot away from George Foley on the inside of turn number one. Slide job shuts the door on George Foley. Craig Hanson now on the spot number two with nine laps to go. Can Hanson have anything for him? Here comes R.J. to the inside. He'll take third away just as easy in turn number three from the 24, George Foley. We move up to three laps to go. Mahaney still holding on, but Craig Hansen on a mission, trying to run down that 35 machine as they go into turns three and four with barely any left traffic in front of them. Does Hansen have anything left? We're going to see the white flag this time. Mike Mahaney trying to hold off. Hansen about two car lengths behind him in turns one and two. Hansen gets the run off the corner. But will he have anything left for him? In the turn three and four, final time. Hanson's going to send it in turn number three, but it's not enough in turn number four. Mike Mahing picks up the win over Craig Hanson and Rocky Warner to round out the podium at Fonda Speedway. Move over to the Bower Tire Group. Uh, double features this week. We had to make up one of the dates uh, we lost to because of uh, weather and whatnot. Uh, first feature, for the we'll go up to the 5-9 Novice class. Uh, Daniel Rakowski and Tears of Rakowski, uh finished 1-2 in that class for both of the features. In the adult uh, lower tire Predators, Aaron Rokoski picks up the win over James Carroll. Uh, Zach, I don't have a last name for him. He finishes third from Plan B and C Racing. Ava Rikosti, fourth, Tanner Bean round off the top five in the first feature. In the second feature, it was a wild one. Uh, Aaron Acosta and James Carroll did not take the green for that one. Aaron uh, had a, uh, decided not to come out due to a personal thing going on with him. Uh, the Tanner Bean cart suffered a mechanical fa- failure before the green, so James Carroll lended his cart to Tanner. So Tanner drove James' cart, and Tanner picked up the win in the second feature over Zach and Ava. Uh, Ava took out the JL's 88 cart due to mechanical failure on her cart as well. And the mower modified, it was Chris Bachman sweeping the feature wins over there. Uh, Harry is second in the first one, Larry Breckenridge third. And in the second feature, it was... Uh, Breckenridge finishing second, while Harry Bowl did not take the green. And next, and the Mower Tire Group ew, will take this Saturday off to regroup, and we are back in action on June 26. I believe the date is yesterday, June 26, for the first of four fast forward series races for presented by TNT Motorsports Network. That about wraps it up for up here in the Northeast.
0: All right, what do we got going on down
3: south? <laughs> uh,
4: well. uh
0: well,
1: not
4: much well,
0: happening there, really sure. Um, I think the Clash of the Mag coming up this weekend. That's the Lucas Hall main event uh, that we get in our southern region at Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, so that'll start on Thursday all the way through Saturday. That's really one of our biggest races of the year for the state of Mississippi. And uh, we get ready for the Street Side Nationals coming up in August. So that's always a, a major show there. Actually, our season. know we start so damn early and then we don't race during football season because people don't believe that uh people show up to racetracks because they'd rather watch football on television or something i don't buy that never have bought it but that's what's sold around here so uh you know our season kind of comes to an end there at the end of august and uh we'll have a couple of big races the shows after that but uh it's really wild we start our season so early and and finish it so early as well but uh Um, we are not going to have the Southern Dirt Track Report on tonight, so that will be a golden opportunity to move our attention towards the SRX. Whoever's typing in in the background, we can hear you typing. Who is that? Who's typing? Did you stop typing when I said something? (laughs) Okay. So, um... We will have the SRX series. I don't know. I,
3: just,
0: somebody's got their, their – it's making the vibration noise or something. When you try just turn that off? That's all you got to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we can do a preview on the SRX series maybe.
4: Or uh,
1: a follow-up. Can I do a review on that? Yeah, a review. There you go. Uh, do you want your guys's take or my take? Because we're going to get two different takes on this whole
0: thing. I I want your at, you were at track experience. So I think that the, my 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 initials for the weekend was not e not very entertaining. NVE, but you were there, and so I, I want your perspective. So I
1: got to the track a little before. 12 o'clock when the gates opened up only because at one o'clock they had a line to get auto to get tickets so you can get to the autograph session for the first 250 people in line for this mm-hmm. and unfortunately they had like a 45 minute window apparently uh, that was I don't remember that mm-hmm. popping up in the schedule. Um, but for two hundred and fifty people they sold tickets that were going to the Cambridge World plating for a hunger charity or something like that. That's where the money for the autograph session was going to. And so we waited in line for about a little over an hour just to get a ticket and whatever. So we got so once we got our ticket we, we walked around to Some like the the, let's see what concession stands were available, what merchandise was there, what vendors were there. Um, They had uh, like the VP Racing Fuels merch uh, hauler and vendor was there. The North American Motor Car halt um, vendor spot was there. I think there was um, one of their tool sponsors. I don't remember exactly who it was. Was also Mm -hmm. there. Um, they also have the uh, they had a merch tent Stuart's hauler was there for merchandise um, along with some after X merch Um, so the autograph thing is my only downfall and I'm going to rant a little bit about this And before I go anything about this and before people start pointing fingers, I'm going to tell you who they'll point the finger at because after reading a report on this, the kind, the, the little juicy details came out on this. Thank you, Jeff Gluck for that one. So you had to wait in line to get a ticket and pay 20 bucks for it for the first 250 people. Then the line diminished. Then at like three o'clock, Around two thirty-three o'clock, the line formed back up again because the autograph session opened up at like three fifteen or something like that. Um, so the drivers all came through for the autographs, and we're all thinking, you know, if we got a ticket for twenty bucks, if we, um, we're guaranteed a, we're guaranteed at least some signatures or whatever. Well, it got to be like four o'clock. And all of a sudden the drivers started leaving and everyone that was standing in line, including my, my girlfriend and I were all like, well, what's going on? Why are they leaving? Like, we're not through the line yet. And the people in this one of the security guards was saying how, well, they are on a time limit. Their time's expired. They have to go back and do what they got to do. We're like, so what are we supposed to do? And to, conversations led up and the track, gave everyone who didn't get autographs their $20 uh-huh. back plus, And they told everyone that also didn't get autographs that the, that the tickets we bought for $20 is basically free admission to Stafford on a weekly Friday night race. And my girlfriend and I are like, well, we come from out of state. So what are us out of state people supposed to do with these tickets? And they're like, well, you can give it to a friend. They kind of laughed in their face about it, which was kind of rude on the track staff's part. But But that's the only thing I could really blame the track staff on. But in terms of how the autograph session went, do not blame the drivers. Do not blame the track. You can blame the director who ran the autograph session for that, coming out of SRX. And he was trying to move people along because... They were trying to get everyone to do one item, do your autographs with your one item. You could take a picture here and there with them as you go through the line, and that was supposed to be it. Well, obviously, people brought in more than one item and whatnot, so things took longer, and the guy was trying to rush everyone through, and apparently, it caught the eye of a wonderful flavor character driver and you can already guess where i'm going who this driver is going to be and i guess he made a smirk about it and he called this guy an a-hole and you can guess who this driver would be that's tony stewart and so you know the drivers wanted the fans they want all the fans to go on and experience you know being with those guys getting the signatures talk to them take pictures of them meet their idols and heroes or whatever but the director just kind of was, was like, like snip, snap. You have to go right through wishy washy. So, a lot of unhappy people for that side of that. Everything was, everything was great. Um, the vendors were di- seeing the vendors stuff, uh, different merchandise that was being sold. Uh, I think about a hundred people got refunded. So, unfortunately, like two thousand dollars went out the window. I even did my math right, but um, yet in terms of the on-track stuff, um, they had the SK Modified All-Star Race. Um, Basically, what they did was they had three stages of this race. Um, How they got the starting lineup was like a revenge draw, so whatever. um, And Drivers who got in were top 15 in points that could make make it to the track that day. Um, and then pa- any past, ch- past champions of the track for that division. So I think they had like 18 cars in total. And the top 15 in points went to do the redraw. Or not the redraw. The draw for their starting spots. And of course revenge draw, what it basically is for those who don't know. A driver goes up to grab a random number or ball with a number on it and whatever they draw, they have to give it up to another driver. So say for instance, I were to draw out of a hat number, say 13 out of 15 available spots. I can give that number 13 spot to any one of the drivers who don't have a starting spot yet. And it would just keep on going from there. So they did about – so the first segment was 20 laps. The winner of that got like $1,000, I think it was. And the winner could choose to either start 15th and try to work his way up to the front. And if he won that segment, not only would he win the money for – that was up for grabs in the second segment, but he also won a bonus payout too. I think it was like $1,500 or something like that if you were to go from 15th to 1st in the second segment. Um, then, but if they didn't, they would have to invert, I think it was like the top five or something like that. But after the first segment, the guy who won that said, I'll start 15th, I'm going for the money. So the field lined up. So whoever finished second in the first segment started on the pole. So it kind of went about there, and the guy who won the race or won the segment started 15th, we kept on going. Then we got to the second segment, finished that up, and it was Mike Christopher Jr., nephew of of the uh, Asphalt Modified great Ted Christopher, he won segment two, and they were asking him if he wanted to start, I think it was 10th for that segment, and he started... So if you want to start tenth or if he wanted to, you know, invert the top five. And he said, The car's too good. I'm staying up front. No need for me to go to the back. So instead of going for the bonus money, he decided to keep his car up towards the front. They inverted the top five and have a ten lap shootout. And they had a missed cue on turn one in the first lap of the ten minute or ten lap segment. As everyone like shuffled up. There was no accidents or anything like that. It was just kind of a miscue, and everyone redirected. And Mike Christopher Jr. took the lead from there, and said see you goodbye, and won the race. So uh, if you haven't watched an SK modified race from Stafford Motor Speedway, I'm going to tell you, you need to watch one. They put on a show. It was a great race. Then got to the SRX stuff, and it was great to see. Um, the cars came out, how they would line up heat which is done by random draw but the guys got to head a draw for their car um, and it'll be like this every week so it was interesting to see that but the first heat race is kind of a gamble like do you want to start up like do you want to finish up front and get the points or do you want to like step back a bit save up on your tires and you know, get a better starting spot and go full out for heat two and the finish in the feature because both heats are 15 minutes in distance, 15 minutes in length. And how the second heat race would line up is the invert finish of the first heat race. So that's where your gambling for heat one would come into play. And then a um, couple miscues happened, like Paul Tracy and Heat 1 didn't finish. He had some damage, and they ended up fixing it on his car, and he came back out for Heat 2, finished that. Um, then Heat 2, Greg Biffle, <clears throat> Willie T. Ribbs, I believe, and I think Bill Elliott, but I could be wrong on the third driver. They all had an accident happen, and they couldn't finish the second Heat race. But then came the feature. Well, the feature race lineup is based on the second uh, heat race finish. So if you won the second heat, you started pole for the feature. And of course, the Hunter laps. On track product was great. And every time Doug Kobe, the local guy, would go for the lead or be battling for the lead, the crowd is standing on their feet and going absolutely berserk. It was crazy. It was awesome to see. And everyone was, you know, loving the battles that were going on. And every time uh, there was like, a big move being made or um, or something eventful was going on, on the track, the crowd would like get on their feet in an instant and they will like point it out and it was just awesome to see so in terms of fan experience, everything was great outside of the autograph session so but I do recommend going to an SRX race for the future and But if you're doing autographs, you better be in line for the entire time because if you don't, you may not get one. Mm -hmm. And we got Knoxville next week. And I believe Craig Craig gets first pick. If Mr. CJ is on, which I don't think he is, uh, Craig gets first pick for SRX. And he's going with Helio Castroneves for Dirt at Knoxville. Oh, boy. Kind of ballsy there.
0: Well, just like ACDC says, I got big balls. Well,
1: if we don't have Mr. CJ, next in line will be me for my SRX pick. Um... And I'll get to Ms. Lee's point here in a second about this after we get our SRX picks in quick. Uh, My pick for Knoxville, well, I'm thinking do I go the easy route or do I go with a little bit of a harder route? And I know Chris is going to do it. Chris is going to go the easy way out. No offense, Chris. But you know what? Regular, he's in this race. We're going with the World of Out. I'm picking the World of Outlaws late model driver, the Boomer Scott Bloomquist. That leaves Chris to be his SRX pick for Knoxville.
0: Well, I, you, there? I, you know, I, they, I'll say I'm going to take the easy route. Uh, I guess that's. Pretty much saying that I'm gonna take uh, smoke, right? I mean whether smoke there's fire. Yeah. yeah. See so y'all, y'all already are you already knew who I was picking. What made it so I obvious? I knew it. I knew it. What made it so obvious?
1: You picked them last week as the first round draft pick. Oh
0: yeah, 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 okay. Well, yeah. And he finished <laughs> third, right? I
1: was who got the correct pick of getting Doug Kobe to
0: win? I know. How about that? I mean, <laughs> and man, he pulled that one out of his hat. That's big, Miss Lee. I mean, give me some, give me some information, man. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I, I've got to go with Tony Stewart. Of course, you know, uh, he owns a dirt track. He runs dirt track racing. he uh, has been in a sprint car a long time. This is his series. Uh, you know, why not? I mean uh think there's gonna be some interesting contenders, uh, including Haley Deegan, I believe, will be in this race. Yeah, so, uh cheer you, please is Tony Cannon in this one. Right. But now don't hey, count there out goes a wrecked race car. Either. Don't count out Bill Elliott either. And, and let's get into the wrecked race cars. Did it not seem like these cars are made of cardboard or something? I wasn't too Fire impressed. Around. I was not too impressed with the way these cars looked after a wreck. They uh, they were, uh, yeah, they looked like wrecked bathtubs. That's that's a good. That's that's one. That's you know that's only part of my criticism. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll hold back most of what I have to say.
1: But yeah, they had some weird issues with the cars and. In- I'll wait while we're waiting for Miss Lee's pick to come in. Um, Let's see. Oh, she's got her pick in. She's going to leave. We're leaving Mm -hmm. her with a third choice. So, Miss Lee, are you going Ernie Francis or Haley Deegan? I would think Ernie Francis, but I want to make sure before I write this down. Um, They had – Bill Elliott had some mechanical failure in his car when they – pulled out of pit road to line up for the feature. And when they put his car on the pit road, apparently it was a fuse. A simple little fuse that set the car off. And then like after like they go like nine or ten laps in, he pulled off again for the same issue and he was out for the rest of the night, so it sucks for him. All right, Mr. You got Ernie Francis. And if I know Mr C J we know where his pick's going to be, but we'll find that out later. Um, but unfortunately Michael Waltrip, his damage ended up suffering for him to be out of the race. Um, but yeah, Doug Kobe, six-time uh, Wheel and Modified Tour champion. Uh, he, had to sacrifice, uh, he had to sacrifice a good points battle um, at Oswego who race with the SRX, and the local guy comes out. And his, his post-race interview was amazing. I mean, he didn't really make it so much about himself. He kind of made it more of a short – it was more for the uh, short track guys kind of feel, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, who's replacing Colby this week? Who, who's racing his ride? Brian Brown. He's a 4'10",
1: Regular at Knoxville, he's a track champion there, I believe.
0: Wow, is this a trend that they're going to use at each of these local tracks? They're going to bring uh, a guy in that's from that racetrack. Because if that's the case, so, then they might be setting themselves up uh, to not <laughs> to not be the stars of the show. And that's the, that's another thing, you know, you 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 feel to me all this all star cast and all. And then somebody that nobody's ever even heard of goes out there and puts the ass whooping on them. And, and there's no fight. Like, Paul Tracy was put to fight, like, at the field. I thought Michael Waltrip would definitely uh, come in and push some people around with his big ass self. Uh, but, you know, it was just it, the entertainment side, the entertainment factor was not there. Like, I was looking for some XFL type to NASCAR, you know. I was looking for somebody to uh bring the bring the entertainment with them there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in this group but there's also a lot of personality and if you're trying to sell me danica's personality i mean well if i, I had don't a, think if, I had a, if i had a puking thing in here I would definitely do that because uh That's what that's what I feel about Danica Patrick's debut as a commentator. Hold on, hold on, I don't hold on. Think- Do we need this? Hold on, hold on one second. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you mean? Mention- yeah, it was that bad. Well and I heard I- that, that CBS paid a hundred million dollars for this six race event.
1: All right, well, I don't think Danica's in the booth for this next race. But uh, everyone enjoyed themselves. Everyone loved the racing. I know, I think a lot of the guys, I think the reason, I can see why where you're coming from, but I think the reason why the guys were taking it were kind of being a little bit more conservative is because you've got to go six consecutive weeks and you don't want to kill the crew. But, I mean, they're all racing. They were all racing hard. I mean, Labonte was knocking on the door with Biffle for the first entire heat race. It was just he was waiting for the golden opportunity to really go. But, I mean, in terms of drivers, as you asked earlier, Chris, um, each track will have their own local uh, racer to kind of bring in a short track person or regular to kind of see if what they got against the superstars of yesterday or today, however you want to put it. And we saw that with Doug Kobe. We're going to see it with Brian Brown. Um, Eldora is going to be Cody Swanson. Then Lucas Oil is going to be Bobby Santos the third. Now, Slinger is going to be different. Whoever wins the Slinger Nationals, Will be in an SRX car. Then um, Nashville, they're going to announce who their all-star drivers and their local drivers that week. Um, but Greg Biffle is only racing two races. He'll be in. He raced at Stafford this past weekend, and then he's going to be at Slinger. Uh, Scott Bloomquist is only doing one and done deal. He'll be racing Knoxville, and that's it. Scott Speed will have Eldora and Lucas Oil, and then of course the other race. It's rumored to be Haley Haley Deegan to do this one, but it could but it could also be somebody else. So be on the lookout
3: for that. All right,
0: Craig Moore. Sorry, I had my phone muted. Um, I don't know. I, I just think, to your point, Chris, that the cars... I agree with what Taz uh, said about they got six races, they got six weeks of this, and they've got to keep these cars somewhat durable uh, so they don't have to do a lot of the So I'm hoping in, like, the last two races or whatever that they really uh get to beating and banging and don't make it an exhibition series i mean i know that it is but you know these guys are supposed to be the best of the best okay well except for haley well there's, uh, a, point, there's
3: was- a point there is a
1: point championship for these guys
0: okay but really what is it paying
1: i don't know if they're doing a payout for this I haven't heard anything. I know they're doing a lot
0: of charity ones out too. What is it paying the the best window seat at the old folks home? Uh, I'm really not sure. I, I I do I have heard that CBS paid 100 million dollars for this uh for this product. So it's a lot of that's a lot of, well, a maybe, lot of damn dough. Well, maybe that's why they kept it. Uh, you know, maybe that's why Mikey didn't start banging into anybody. Who knows? I'll be interested to see uh, the next one. I'll be able to tune definitely into that I'm definitely going to watch it. I that? hope it's a little bit more entertaining. I'm definitely going to watch it. I, I just hope it's definitely more entertaining. And the cars, you know, out of all the slack people gave the car tomorrow, you know, this thing's got some ugly ass wing on it. The damn panels come off like cardboard. Um but you know the one thing that I'll give it is I've seen a lot of passing which is something you don't see a lot in NASCAR these days. So uh, it was good to see passing I like the close in rates were really good. Um everybody seemed to be on the same playing field and uh you know we'll we'll be able to know who's the better drivers that's for sure. I was probably most surprised by Helio Castroneves.
1: I have done. He, he wasn't the surprise deal for me actually um, I think I think the surprise deal for me and he had the move of the race was Marco Andretti I mean I think he was one of the most hated drivers for all of the in terms of overall for the fans because every time he was involved in like an incident or somebody passed him they're all like yeah Andretti get out of here yeah. So I think Marco is one one of the more hated people, but uh, like you said, Miss Lee, I think EstarX will
0: improve and evolve. Um, they have to, because if they if don't, he, they're going to lose viewership.
1: Well, I think they did well yeah. for viewership so far. They're, they pulled in like 1.33 viewers on CBS, which is actually not that bad. Um, which is pretty good numbers, I think. They didn't get full official numbers yet, but that was the target number for what they know, but. I, but I'm going to say this, if you go to an SRX event, um, I suggest you go, it, everything was great, if you're going to do autograph sessions, um, you better be in line for pretty much the entire time, that's where you're going to be spending most of your day, or at least half of your day
0: doing yeah, I think wow. as well that the product will evolve. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next one brings. I also want to see some personality in this. I want to see something besides just the same old, same old drive, drivers. I, I know Tony Stewart uh, always has something smart ass to say. And uh, if they if he needs to sell a series himself, then, then get out there. If he needs to create some rivalry or go out there and drive like an ass or whatever it is, um, there's a hundred million dollars on the line. And if you want a second hundred million dollars then I suggest you do some things that's going to make people turn the channel over to it, because from the word go, this thing had identity problems. And what I mean by identity problems is it's coming on a major network television, but there's a generation, geographic generation from the ages of about 14 to 25, maybe even 30 that don't even know who the hell these drivers are, or what they've accomplished in their lifetime. I, I mean, you. Would, I don't even know, Taz, if Willie T. Ribs has started a race in your lifetime. What year were you born? 95? 96. 96? 96. I don't even know if Willie T. Ribs has started a race in your lifetime. You know, so that, that, that does have an he, effect on your viewership.
1: He didn't race all that well. Maybe it's because it's been a long time for him to be in a car, but... Because he's been in a race car or whatever, but... Um, he didn't really impress me all that much <clears throat> At all To be honest uh, Neither did um, Paul Tracy They were the two that didn't really impress me much Michael Waltrip Gave me a good look for that um, He dominated He too earlier on Before the caution Came out I mean he was pulling away But I'm hoping uh, some of the drivers that didn't have the greatest luck uh, this past weekend get better luck for Knoxville. I mean, we have two straight dirt races coming up in the next two weeks for these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes.
0: Yeah, uh, it will be. It will be. And and I look to... Uh, see how this continues on, and uh, you know, one thing we haven't really made much of a topic about is the fact that we're going back to Nashville Speedway. Uh, I couldn't. I think it was 1995 the last time that NASCAR Cup Series raced at Nashville Speedway. Um, so they known as a super speedway, uh, concrete surface. What do we expect going back to this venue? And uh, you know, most of these guys have zero. There's, I mean, from truck series all the way through cup series, most of these guys have zero experience at Nashville Speedway. Now, if you want to pull out Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter, possibly Kevin Harvick, uh, Kyle Busch, I believe he has a win at Nashville. I remember he destroyed a guitar there about a decade ago in a nationwide series race at the time, Infinity series race. But what, what what are the expectations growing into Nashville?
1: I think you could see, um, well, we have a fan question we got to get to at some point before we wrap up the show. But uh, I think for this, we're going to, uh, I would say expect, that's kind of what you would maybe see at, like, kind of, I would say a mix of, like, normal mile-and-a-half track racing, but mix it with, like, Dover racing. It's hard to compare. I would, say, I would say those, mix those two, and that's probably what we're going to get. Craig, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Do we lose them? Is anyone there? Anyone home? I might have lost you guys.
2: Are you ready? Your wedding day. Woo. A day that you've envisioned in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E-2-M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find More to Music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E-2-M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds. Including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to Music. Owner-operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to Music. M-O-O-R-E. The number two. M-U-S-I-C. More to Music. More to Music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your events. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. Moretomusic.com. More to Music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage moretomusic.com m-o-o-r-e the number two m-u-s-i-c dot com moretomusic.com when what you want is more than music what you need is more to music
0: moretomusic.com all right well that was a unscheduled pit stop there i weren't expecting that but thank goodness uh we had a Great commercial to fall back to while things with haywire. But uh so we were about we were we were talking about uh uh Nashville and it's been a long time since we raced there. Uh what are the expectations? And uh I think uh we're pretty much ready for our weekly segment where we make our picks. Um No I have Kaz. Did Craig make his picks before he uh
1: Yeah. Craig has Stuart Friesen for trucks, uh, Dinger for Xfinity, and Larson for Cup. Miss Lee has
3: – Whoa, whoa.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on. So she's got Todd Gilliland, solid picks for the trucks. Then um, she's got Noah Gregson, solid pick for Xfinity. But she thinks he'll probably be Kyle Busch winning. But she's going with the giant leap of faith here. Chase Briscoe for the Cup Series.
3: So that's that left field.
1: Woo! Mm. Okay.
0: Is it my pick?
1: Uh, it doesn't matter. If you want to go first, then you can. Or if you want me to go, then I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Truck. There's a couple of my eyeballing, but I'm going with Sheldon Creed. Uh, fast truck out of the GMS stable, defending track champ, or defending, yeah, the defending track champion. He's defending series champion.
4: Um,
1: he, he's got a pretty good season rolling for him. Don't see why he can't keep it going. Uh, Xfinity. Oh, boy. Um, I I look at Gregson, too, for this one. I'm looking at maybe Brandon Jones. Uh, Not sure about how I'm feeling about Justin Haley just yet. Um, He's ran decent, but I haven't seen him be, like, competitive for a win, in my eyes anyways. Um, I'm hoping... I'm going for a limp here. He's knocking on the door for a win here. I am hoping to God Nationals it. I'm going with Daniel Hemrick. Wow. For the Xfinity Excellent. side.
0: Excellent pick.
1: Uh, for the Cup Series, I want to think who's good on mile and a half and who's good on Dover. We're, in my opinion, we're going to get a mix of those two kinds of races going on. Um, Obviously people are going to think Kyle Larson, as Craig picked earlier, I want to see somebody beat him, in my honest opinion.
4: Um,
1: Maybe a guy could sneak in somewhere. Maybe Chris Busher could. Maybe Tyler Reddick could. You could think Kevin Harvick a little bit but uh, SHR hasn't really proved much of anything this year unfortunately
4: I mean Harvick
1: has only got four top fives and 16 starts this year so SHR is slacking somewhere but I'm going to go out of the Hendricks table again I'm not going Larson though I, uh, I think I'm going to throw one out here and go with.
3: I'm going to go picks. with
1: the race team that's sponsoring the race, the Ally 48. I'll go, I'll go with Alex Bowman again this week.
0: Wow. All righty. Well, I guess that leaves my picks. Uh, no surprise, no surprise. I like to go with who I think is going to bring in the most points, and I'll be honest with you, I can't name you another high, a driver that's hotter than John Hunter Nemechek right now, so why would I pick anybody other than? I've got John Hunter Nemechek on the truck side. Hey, I like to play play it safe. I've lost a couple of points the last couple of weeks as well playing it safe. Yeah, uh, but that's, I'm that's
1: catching uh, I'm right on your tail.
0: Now that that's going to make this next pick even more. You no know, I, I I haven't necessarily uh, had some great picks in the Xfinity series this year. Um, I like Josh Berry. I'm not sure if he's racing this weekend. I haven't seen an official uh, lineup uh, see card. If I
1: can find it here quick. Um, uh, Nashville and oh, I don't want All Star. Trying to pull it up here quick for you, Chris. Nashville entry list um, for the Xfinity Series. I don't think he's racing this week for Xfinity. I think he's got a truck ride. So. Okay.
0: Well, I'm going to go with Jeb Burton. I'm going to stay within the Cowluck organization, Ooh. but I'm going to go with Jeb Burton on the uh... – Oh, he is? Yes, he is. He's in the number eight car, Miss Lee. If he's in the eight car, I'm going to have to change to Josh Berry. If he is in the eight car, I've got to go with Berry. Um, Just because this guy, trucks and X both, I believe. So uh, right now I'm going to pick Berry. If we find out that he's not in the race, I'll I'll change that pick. But I'm a a humongous Josh Berry fan, and I believe this kid has the talent, what it takes to be the next superstar. Uh, Now for the cup side, I just wanna give y'all an update real quick. Uh so there's a thirteen to four margin for Kyle Larson to win. He's the favorite. Chase Elliott's a seven to one. Hamlin's a eight to one. Trucks is a eight to one. Kyle Bush is a seventeen to two. Billy, Billy Billy Byron. Uh Wild Bill he's a ten to one. Brad Kay, Mad Brad is eleven to one. Uh
4: it's just short uh is 11
0: to 1. Ryan Blaney is a 12 to 1. <laughs> happy, who's not very happy, is a 12 to 1. Bowman a 15 to 1. Christopher Bell a 33 to 1. Austin Dillon a 35 to 1. And Tyler Reddick a 40 to 1. Um, definitely, I would take Reddick on, uh, on the over-under there if I was trying to find uh, a sleeper pick. Uh, but, you know, until you beat him, I got to go with him. And, uh, you know, um, this is going to be another high-banked racetrack. We know who runs well there. I'm not sure if he can get three wins in a row or four wins in a row, technically. Uh, but it would be great to see. That's not going to be who I picked, though, guys. I know I led you on there a little bit too much, and I'm Sorry. I gotta go with I it's just short race and Joey Logano. Ah, I see. Yeah, going yeah, I'm not gonna give go up on the Ford yet.
1: Well, I put you down for Josh Berry because Josh Berry is driving the eight for Xfinity. Good
0: deal, good deal, good deal. Right where I want. I want to thank you guys and for listening. We, have, uh, a, listen. right, we have a
1: fan question if you want to answer it quick.
0: Oh, my gosh, we forgot the fan question. Even after I told her that we were fixing to hit that. All right, so let's do the fan question real quick. Uh,
1: Fan question, not sure who it comes from. Um says, each week you guys recap the different series. Can you explain a little bit about the difference? NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck Series, and ARCA for us newbies. If I went to Fonda, would I be watching? Thanks so much. Looking forward to the show.
0: Yeah, Fonda's probably not uh, anything like anything similar to to the, uh, I believe, it's the dirt track. Um, so there you're yeah. going to have late models and modified and whatnot basically what NASCAR has is a NASCAR sanctioning series and basically uh, you can start at the beginner series which is a K&N or a ARCA series. ARCA just now got by NASCAR. ARCA was its own private series for 50 something years. Uh, ARCA racing has been around um, but they've been a lower tier series that uh, mainly is in developing drivers. Now there's a few that have stuck around. Bobby Gearhart, a few others uh, that that come to mind uh, that have raced that series for a Bobby, uh, not Bobby, um, Frank Kimmel, and a few others. Um, But uh, so Truck Series is more of a developmental series as well. Truck Series was brought up in, I believe, 1994 or 95 was the first year of the Craftsman World Truck Series. Uh, It was Craftsman Truck Series at the time. Uh, it was, uh, I, I kind of believe that what the truck series was in the beginning was kind of a place for the drivers that were not good enough to be in Cup or, or Xfinity, uh, which would have been Bush Series at the time. But what the truck series has evolved into is a stepping stone between ARCA and Xfinity. And so there's really no great data that they can use from the truck series to the uh, Cup series based off of because you're driving a truck versus a race car. But what you do get in the truck series is valuable seat time. And unlike when the truck series was first designed, those trucks did not go to the same tracks that cup drivers went to. But now what you have is you have truck series races that are there at the cup race tracks uh, throughout the whole season, which be, really kind of makes it a stepping stone similar to the Xfinity series. You don't have to have as much money run a full-time truck series and it's only 22 to 23 races a year uh now as for the xfinity series that is definitely a triple a ball club to nascar cup series racing uh those cars there's not much data you can share from those either at this point in time based off of uh, how these cars are designed and built but what you do get is something else that we talk about so much that's valuable seat time uh those cars are generally at the racetrack same racetrack as the cup cars are uh, unless they adventure out to certain places like uh, uh, Mid Ohio or the Canadian Tire Club, uh, some some of the uh, some of the road course races there, they go uh, to places where Cup Series drivers don't normally go to. But uh, so that's kind of the difference there between the ARCA Truck Series and Xfinity Series. We want to thank uh, you for the fan question, and hopefully we answered it uh, to the best of our ability. Um, Let's see if we have anything added to that. Yeah, so yeah, feeder series or development series uh, basically is what these these other series are that's within the NASPAR umbrella. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Of course, uh, we dropped Craig somewhere and he never come back. That's probably what his mother did to him too when he was little. Uh Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh so I hope he's uh I hope he's resting nicely. Uh but uh, we'll be back <laughs> We'll be back next week and hopefully Craig will be along with us as well. Um but uh thank you for listening to the show. Taz, what you got, man?
1: Uh not much really. Just go out to your local short tracks, be in the lookout for S R X at Knoxville, Nascar at Nashville this week. Um and uh we'll see you same time next same time, same place next week and uh this has been the Caution Flagger Radio, Chris Creighton, the DJ music Man, Craig Barr. I'm the Taz Meaning Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor saying song, so see you good night, we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, don't forget guys you can find us on podcasts, uh Apple, uh Spotify, iHeartRadio Radio. You can find us on the One Ten Nation Sports dot uh, com page. You can find us on our Facebook page, Radio Chat Live or the 110 Nation Sports. And uh you can uh share our show. We appreciate it. But uh as for Taz, Chris, and Craig, y'all have a great night. And we'll see you next week.
5: Never meaning no harm. Be all you never saw
2: men in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve.
0: planting the hills. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. They're making their way.
2: That's just a little bit
0: more than the noble life. Just a good old
5: boy. Wouldn't change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood.
0: Woo-hoo!